Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And here we go again. Kind of, sort of, anyway, again. Hey folks, it's Miller. As promised, I'm not actually here today. I am recovering from my second COVID shot, but don't worry. In my stead are 11 of the best woke folk stories from the past few months to tide you over until my return. And no, the shot isn't too, too bad. I'm just pretty tired with a wicked headache, like a hangover without all the fun from the night before. But in any case, I am not going to hold up this Best of the Woke Folk Stories podcast any longer. Enjoy these stories, and I will see you back here this coming Sunday. From Campus Reform, Campus Paper Editor-in-Chief couldn't walk past a white person without shaking. Uh Uh-oh, somebody's got the trembles. Let's find out a little bit more. The editor-in-chief of a University of Denver campus newspaper wrote an op-ed expressing her anger towards white people about the Atlanta shootings targeting Asian women. Which is, folks, a lovely poetic truth, right? We've been talking about that quite a bit on this podcast. It is a lovely narrative that she's trying to sell, but the literal truth, and I believe that was the FBI that came out and said that, no, it was not a targeted hate crime. The guy just had some sex addiction issues and went in to shoot up a one of these massage places right and it just happened to have a bunch of asian women in there but yet even if those women were not targeted because they're asian that defies folks that defies the poetic truth and so folks like this chick this editor-in-chief over at the university of denver she's going to keep telling that lie because she just wants to beat up on whitey and it's a great narrative right she doesn't give a crap what the actual truth is that It was a really horrible thing that happened there, but it was not a racial hate crime. But she doesn't give a crap. She's going to keep spinning the poetic truth because that is the better narrative. The shooting cannot be defined as an either-or, where one must pick between gender and race, wrote editor-in-chief of the DU Clarion, Kiana Marzen, in the piece titled Dear White People. Describing how she felt after learning about the shooting, She wrote, I couldn't walk past a white person without shaking on my way to work. Man, white boy Malcolm X, now that is a drama queen. I wonder if she's in our tribe. Marzin alleged that all white people are responsible for a reported surge in violence against Asian Americans and that using the term China virus is spreading xenophobia and (gasps) white supremacy. I wonder if Alyssa Milano is out there hiding about, lurking in the shadows, Because let's face it, folks, we now know that Alyssa Milano is a white supremacist. (laughs) So she is out there as well, trying to cause trouble for that poor drama queen, Kiana Marzin. And folks, she's not done. (laughs) No, not with these woke folk. Once they get on a roll, they get on a roll. Because 
blaming Whitey for everything, <laughs> blaming all the white people out there for this. Yeah, that's not dramatic enough. Marsden denounced any choosing not to speak out about these events for committing microaggressions, using racially coded language, and deny that silence is violent. And what did I tell you, folks? I think it was a couple months ago on this podcast, we talked about microaggressions, and I said, you can say something, and someone's going to say, that's a microaggression, you're being racist, blah, 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 right? Or you cannot say something, and your silence is also a microaggression. You didn't say anything. I know, what's the problem? That's a microaggression. You'd be like, crap, I can't win with these people. I say something, I get yelled at. I don't say something, I get yelled at. Just tell me what to say. Get on the re-education camp tree. And if you think that's not coming, you are wrong. So white boy Malcolm X. And folks, we still got a couple more paragraphs to go. (laughs) So buckle up. But white boy Malcolm X, she is highly triggered by white people. That we know, right? She sees a white person, she starts to tremble, right? She is trembling. She is shaking there. Ah, 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 I'm triggered. I'm triggered. I'm triggered, right? She is so freaked out about white people now. She sees white people. And then on top of that, folks, she trashes whitey, all white people. All of us are responsible for the surge in violence against Asian Americans. Even though, folks, but don't tell her, don't tell the woke folk, a lot of these are being caused by other minorities attacking Asians. But shh, shh, don't say it. Whitey sucks. It's white people. There's a poetic truth here. Shh. And then, on top of that, she starts to throw around microaggressions. <laughs> You're not saying the right things. You're not saying anything at all. Microaggressions galore, right? Those are now also on the table. And if you folks are like, man, that is enough. That is one psychotic woke chick, Miller. I can't take anymore. Folks, she is not done. She still has to screw the folks that work over at the University of Denver. Marsden also accused the faculty and administration of crowding out racial minorities with their whiteness. You are administrators who attend a support space and, being the only ones who feel comfortable and safe enough to turn your videos on, flood the Zoom call with your whiteness, she wrote. It will remind us of your privilege and power as we grieve. So you folks out there, just a quick one. (laughs) I guess using Zoom is a sign of white supremacy, so... If you want to ever get out of having to do that, you're like, ah, crap, I got another one of these stupid Zoom calls I got to deal with, right? You can be like, you know, I'm sorry, but I'm very woke out there. And I just feel like if I used my camera, it just shows my white supremacy and my power and my privilege. And what is anyone going to say to that, right? Nothing. (laughs) They don't want to be called a racist. Marsden asserted that all trauma being experienced is historically rooted in white supremacy adding that black and brown communities are not provided the same protections by law enforcement. Did I miss something, White Boy Malcolm X? Do I have Kiana Marsden complaining about a lack of police presence? Because that is what it sounds like to me, folks. Black and brown communities are not provided the same protections by law enforcement. I thought they hated Popo. I thought they wanted to defund the police. And you got some of these woke folk out there going... When I say defund the police, I do not mean cut their budget. I mean defund the police. They mean zero police officers, right? That is what they mean by defund the police. And this stupid chick, Kiana Marsden, who I guarantee you folks, she probably wrote at least 10 articles screaming about how the police are racist and how we need to abolish them. But now she's complaining, folks, that the black and brown communities don't have enough police. 
You can never win with these people. It's like the microaggression. You say something, microaggression. You don't say something, microaggression, right? You defund the police, you're a racist because you're not giving us the same police protections. You have the police, you're a racist because you're only using the police to keep us down. (laughs) And to these people, this Alice in Wonderland nutty thinking is perfectly rational. And you're the idiot because you think they're crazy. She concluded by calling for radical change and for whites to sacrifice their power and privilege. And what's the fun of that for you, dear? I figured you would just love to screw Whitey, screw him and her and they. Of course, we have white people with funky pronouns, right? Screw all of them, all of us out of our supposed power and privilege that you think we have just by our skin tone, right? I figured you'd want to just screw us to the very end, right? But now you just want us to go, oh, we surrender. Of course, you complain about that, right? You complain about anything. What do you want, dear? I want this. Okay, here it is. Well, I don't want that now. Okay, what do you want? You want me to take it away? Yes. Okay, I'm taking it away. Where'd it go? You know, she's like a freaking five-year-old. A five-year-old spoiled brat. That's what this Kiana Morrison is. You idiots over at the University of Denver, you're screwed because if you try to throw this nitwit off your campus, she is going to scream racist, racist, racist all day, every day. So enjoy having this train wreck on your campus the next four years. And Ibram and Robin and Taneshi, all you good woke folk out there making huge bank selling this woke garbage to everyone. I hope you're happy still. Yes, I hope you are laughing your ass off as you take your wheelbarrows full of money all the way down to the bank to make a huge deposit selling woke crap to gin up hatred like this so this nitwit clown over at the University of Denver, Keanu Marsden, can spew this type of toxic hate out at the rest of us. I'm screaming myself hoarse again, white boy Malcolm X. <laughs> Man, those idiots just rile me up sometimes, but... Yeah, okay, we are moving on, folks. This is from The Federalist, and how's this headline? If NASDAQ gets its way, all listed companies must have at least two diverse board members. Hmm, that sounds interesting. Let's find out more. The NASDAQ Stock Exchange amended its diversity plan on December 1st and filed a proposal with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission to mandate all companies maintain at least two board members from diverse backgrounds. NASDAQ recently submitted a proposal to the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission focused on diversity of the boards of companies listed on a U exchange, wrote the president and CEO of NASDAQ, Adina T. Friedman, in the Wall Street Journal on Monday. Our proposal establishes a recommended objective for companies to include at least two board members from diverse backgrounds. We ask that each company disclose anonymous aggregate data, self-disclosed by the directors, regarding their gender identity, race, ethnicity, and sexual orientation. If passed by the SEC, any NASDAQ-listed companies that do not comply with the new rules will have to provide an explanation to all shareholders. The plan requires that there is a self-identified female on each company board, as well as someone who self-identifies as either an underrepresented minority or LGBTQ+, according to a statement released by NASDAQ in December. This proposal and partnership gives companies an opportunity to make progress towards increasing representation of women, underrepresented minorities, and the LGBTQ community on their boards, Neil Greggs, president of NASDAQ Stock Exchange, said. 
And white boy Malcolm X, do I even have to ask you, sir, how NASDAQ plans to do this? Yes, of course. Of course, queens with clipboards. And folks, can you imagine queens with clipboards going into these boardrooms <laughs> sent in by NASDAQ? Because if you can't, I certainly can. Hi, I'm from NASDAQ. Adina Freeman sent me. And you have some diversity quotas to fill. I mean, <laughs> excuse me. You have some objectives to fill regarding females and LGBTQ plus and other members of the minority communities. And so I'm here. I've got my clipboard and I've got my pen. And I just want to certify you that this is acceptable, that you have met the criteria for having the requisite diversity in your board. And I am just looking out here. Oh, my, there are a lot of white men here. In fact, that's all I see is, is white men. Mm. Well, I right now I can't check any boxes, gentlemen. I'm really sorry. I just, but you know, let's let's see what we can do here, right? So, is there any LGBTQ plus representation here? Any any at all? Anything? Now, no gay people. I don't see any lesbians, so obviously because you all would be wearing flannel, but that's a different story. But now we do have, is anyone questioning? How about any bisexuals? Because bisexual is pretty easy. You can do anyone, right? You can still do your wife. You can do whoever. I don't care. But does anyone here now? Well, look, folks, gentlemen, don't make me clean house here because I, I need to check a box here. So I, I don't get, does anyone have like, does any of your sons or daughters have like a hot friend, a hot male friend, you know, maybe some high school teacher bait scene or something? Does anyone have any fetishes like that? that I could just need to check a box for bisexual. Anyone? Okay, you saw. Okay, thank you. I checked that box. Okay, you guys are fine. We do have some LGBTQ plus representation. And sir, if anyone asks you, you're also questioning. You're just questioning which of your your kids' friends that you want to screw. Okay, that's just that, and that's perfectly fine here. Okay, we're just gonna check that box. That's good. Okay, so I need, I need a woman, and I, all I see is men. Okay, so I I just need a woman, and I, I'm not checking the same box twice, folks. I'm just we're not doing that here. So can I get a woman? And before anyone panics, you don't actually have to lose your penis, okay? No surgery required. I just need someone who says I identify as a woman. Anyone? Because I swear to God, guys, I'm going to clean house here. I'm going to not check this box, and someone is going to lose their job, two or three of you, and I'm going to just put all sorts of BIPOC people in here, and I'm just going to ruin your white good time. So anyone want to claim to be a woman? Okay, you sir. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'll just check that. Okay, then. We're done here. Thank you. Thank you so much, guys. You have been such good sports. I will let Adina know that you guys are woke and good to go. Thank you. Have a nice day. (laughs) That is what is going on at NASDAQ or will be coming to a boardroom on a NASDAQ-listed company here soon. Just remember, NASDAQ folks, do not screw with queens with clipboards. They They will get you in the end. From the College Fix, Stanford student senator says white people need to be eradicated. Hmm, another one out there who not only hates whitey, but wants whitey dead. Let's find out about this. Stanford University student Gabriel Crooks, a member of its student body, expressed her hatred for white people in a series of tweets this past summer. Yes, I think white people need to be eradicated. Yes, I will go feral over mediocre white men. We exist, she wrote in July 2020. And folks, let me tell you something about Stanford University student Gabriel Crooks' sentence. It is literally all one sentence. There is not any punctuation in there, no capitalized letters, right? It is just the ramblings of a college student and one who apparently has not taken a grammar class. That is certain. 
Despite advocating for genocide, her student Senate page biography states that she aspires to be a human rights attorney and address racial violence. Well, she, folks, she is definitely addressing racial violence. She is telling the BIPOC folk to go out there and kill Whitey. She is also a Black Recruitment and Orientation Committee Coordinator at Stanford. And yes, folks, she is a capital B Black Recruitment and Orientation Committee Coordinator over at Stanford, so you know she's real Black. Crooks is currently seeking re-election to the Student Senate, and no doubt, folks, she will get re-elected by huge numbers with voting to take place this week. In her candidate statement, Crooks accuses Stanford University of having serious problems with regard to race and an unfortunate but intimate history with racism. Can you imagine, White Boy Malcolm X, can you imagine being over at Stanford? (laughs) Which I'm sure, folks, don't get me wrong, I'm sure it is full of the woke folk out there, right? But even they, I'm sure, have their limits to this at some point, maybe, sometimes, possibly, who knows? But yeah, they're probably sitting over there going, oh, crap, this chick is just taking it one step too far. And now we've got her there calling for the killing of white people. And we've got her as part of our recruitment and orientation committee. Hi, my name is Gabrielle Crooks. Welcome to Stanford. Except you white people, we're going to murder you at some point. But enjoy yourself. Sleep well while you can. In another tweet, Crooks alleged that the United States is a racist country. Well, welcome to the party on that one, honey. Spelling America as America, A-M-E-R-I-K-K-K-A. Not a passionate America lover in my IR, which is international relations class. I thought y'all were joking, she tweeted in October 2020. Crooks also tweeted she has friends who are white, but she just can't support it. She also tweeted, why do white people think everything is about them? (laughs) Which, folks, I have no doubt she means white women's tears. All those good white women out there, boo-hoo, boo-hoo, right, crying about social justice issues before they go back to their lily white suburbs because white girls just like to have a good time and then they're bored and then they go back to uh, mommy and daddy in the suburbs because they don't really want to have more fun than a night's riot, looting, burning, and all that kind of stuff can bring, yeah. So that's probably what she's complaining about there. And the only thing I have to say about this Because what can you say about something like this, folks? Because let's face it, there are quite a few BIPOC folk on and off college campuses who are calling for killing Whitey in one way, shape, or form. But Ibram X. Kendi, Robin DiAngelo, Patrice Conkoolers, all you woke folk out there, and I would also say Colin Kaepernick, but let's face it, folks, everyone knows that he is a fake social justice warrior. But yeah, to Ibram X. Kendi, Robin DiAngelo, Patrice Conkoolers, all you other woke folk out there, I hope you are happy. I hope you are sleeping well tonight with all your millions in the bank and all your houses and all the other fun stuff you are getting as you get rich selling all this crap about how Whitey sucks. You are, and your books are, the gasoline that is on the flames of this sort of hatred, this vile hatred, this bigot Gabriel Crooks is spewing forth about Whitey and hating Whitey, and wanting to see Whitey exterminated off the face of the planet. I hope you folks are happy. I hope you folks have gotten exactly what you want in fomenting vicious race relations and getting a whole bunch of BIPOC folk wanting Whitey dead. I hope you're happy. Speaking of woke, this is from the Washington Free Beacon. Law school dean chastises student body as too white. 
Okay, then. The deans of an Ohio law school chastised their students for being too white after the release of a study ranking the whitest law schools in America, emails obtained by the Washington Free Beacon Show. So just on that first paragraph, White Boy Malcolm X, I'm making sure I got this right. So the law school admits all these students who they know are white when they admit them. <laughs> I'm assuming, right? They, uh, it's a college campus, right? So I'm sure they're checking every box they can on every demographic they can. They probably ask them if they're gay or bisexual. What's your, what's your gender? What's your sexual orientation? All those sorts of questions, right? So I'm sure they know they're all white, right? So they're admitting white student after white student after white student after white student. And then they criticize them for being white. And I'm sure like, well, that makes total sense. That makes just let's go yell at all the white students. Well, you know, you let them in, right? Ah, oh, well, we'll just yell at them anyway. We like to shame white people. It's fun around here. <laughs> Two deans at Case Western Reserve University Law School emailed students Tuesday to alert them of the whitest law schools in America 2021, a study that rates schools based on how inappropriately white their student bodies are. Although Case Western's law school ranked 144 out of 200, making it the second least white law school in the state of Ohio, deans Jessica Berg and Michael Scharf told students they should not be satisfied. In other words, you people suck. (laughs) You suck because you're white. First, we should not be satisfied with the diversity of our student body, even on the measures used in this study, Berg and Scharf said. It does not mean we have to have an equitable number of students who identify as black, Native American, Latinx. Oh, so Berg and Scharf are snooty white liberals, Asian Americans, Pacific Islander, and other underrepresented groups. And you two, not only are they snooty white liberals, folks, but they are liars, 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 liars. Those two are frickin' liars from hell. (laughs) Doesn't mean we want equity here. We don't want just, we don't want equal numbers of everyone. Liar. You white people suck. You're too many of you around here. But it doesn't mean we want to get rid of them. We just, we, no, we just, we're just saying that, you know. (laughs) These two frauds. The percentage of minority students in the school's first-year law classes, however, exceeded the percentage of nationwide minority applicants by 13%. Case Western has increased the percentage of first-year law students who do not identify as white by 11% since 2004, the dean said in the email. So it looks like White Boy Malcolm X, you could go in there and you would not be counted on as white. You would not be lectured to by these two doofuses because you do not identify as white. The Whitest Law Schools in America study was released on March 9th by retired Dayton University law professor Vanelia Randall. And White Boy Malcolm X, guess what color Vanelia Randall is. You are wrong. <laughs> I mean, it's a safe bet. Don't get me wrong, folks. No, she is not a hysterical white liberal. She's actually a capital B black person. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's so hard these days, folks, because you never know. I mean, you just, lately, folks, lately we have had a lot of white people throwing other white people under the bus. But, uh, you know, every so often an article will come out trashing whitey and it is, they're not white. <laughs> so this is the case here. Vernelia Randall is capital B black. The study examines the whiteness of America's law school based on their total whiteness score and the excess whiteness of the you got too much white in here ah! of first year law classes compared with the application pool and state demographics bergen scharf who again folks are snooty liberals because they like the word latinx said in a joint statement to the free beacon that they are hopeful the study will push the law school to take further action we are committed to diversity and inclusion in all aspects of our law school community except folks if you are white, and know that we still have work to do in this area, the dean said. This study draws attention to one measure, but its greater impact may be to help reinforce the need for additional conversations and initiatives. 
And I've said it before, but just what we need, right? More conversations about race because the ones we're having every single freaking day aren't enough. <laughs> we need to have two a day, three a day, four a day. Race, 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 right? We got to have race in everything at all times. I'll tell you what, though. You folks, if you are out there, if you are enrolled in Case Western Reserve University's law program, you're an idiot. <laughs> you are a complete blooming idiot if uh, if this is what you're paying for. And folks, they pay about $54,000 a year for this program in tuition costs. So they're looking at at least $160,000 over three years. I think law schools are three-year programs. So $160,000-ish just in tuition. And then you've got books and you've got all this other crap on top of that. So you're probably blowing past a $200,000. And I don't know if creepy Uncle Joe the hair sniffer is going to forgive that much. <laughs> and so your school, folks, is actually number 76 if you rank law schools in this country. So they are the 76 top law school, which is nothing, right? <laughs> it ain't Harvard. It ain't Yale. It ain't Columbia. It ain't uh, Duke. It's not a lot of these top law schools. It is 76th in the country. And if you want to go work at some of the top law firms in the country and you want to work in some of the top uh, you know, investment houses in the country, they're going to look at your law school and go, where the hell is Case Western Reserve University? <laughs> where is this dump of a law school that you went to? They're probably not going to look at your resume. They're going to get that scanned out in the uh, automated applicant tracking system. They're not going to, if you're not in a top school, they don't want to talk to you. So you guys... You folks, you guys, gals, non-binary people there paying, you know, 200K plus to go to law school there and get a brand new spanking law degree. (laughs) You are idiots because your school is more concerned with purging white people out of the program than they are creating a top-notch program for you to learn from. (laughs) You folks, you, Deans Jessica Berg and Michael Scharf, you two clowns, you know I would worry a little bit less about going around being snooty white liberals and talking about Latinx. I would worry a little bit less about woke. I would worry a little bit less about how many white students you have. And I would worry a little bit more about teaching the law and making a first notch, a top notch program there for your students. (laughs) You pack of jackasses. Unbelievable white boy Malcolm X. I tell you what, paying for that. You're paying for the privilege. Can you imagine being a white kid there? You're racking up hundreds of thousands of dollars in student loans only to be told you suck and we wish you weren't here. (laughs) Yeah, thanks. SUNY Genicio, and folks, I hope I am pronouncing that correctly, announces new dorm for students of color. The State University at New York Genicio has announced their newest addition. The school's, what the hell is that word? Umoja, U-M-O-J-A. And no, folks, I am not being snarky. (laughs) I have absolutely no idea how to pronounce that. Umoja House, a dorm for students of color. The Umoja House Living Learning Community, good God, will open for the fall 2021 semester, according to the Genicio Umoja page. (laughs) Say that 50 times fast. Those living in the dorm will support students of color on campus by planning and hosting events. I bet those are going to be a lot of fun and will examine the impact of social justice leaders and movements on current events. And I assume, folks, what they mean by the impact of social justice leaders. I assume that they are talking about the toxification of race relations in this country. That is a huge impact those folks are having and, and of course, getting rich along the way, right? 
So they are getting a twofer. They get to create their own demand, right? They toxify the race relations in this country, and they do it by feeding everyone these woke books about how whitey sucks, right? And then it just creates a lovely circle for them where they can sell more books because more BIPOC folk go, yeah, Whitey does suck. I better read up on that, right? And so they're buying the books, and right? And then, of course, the white liberals going, oh, yeah, we know we suck. Please forgive us. How can we repent? And, of course, like Ibram X. Kendi, right, our favorite social justice warrior here on the Miller Frost Show, what does he say? Buy my book. And, of course, he also says, don't buy Robin D'Angelo's book because you don't want to give that money to a white woman. She is a white racist as well. And I'm sorry for being redundant by saying white racist. Buy my book because I'm a BIPOC folk. <laughs> so yeah, that is exactly what the impact of social justice leaders is. And for you fake social justice leaders like you, Colin Kaepernick, and yes, I am speaking directly to you, your impact is just getting rich off your stupid SPAC and all that other crap you're invested in. <laughs> you are all frauds. Members will also take part in any discussions. You know what that does, White Boy Malcolm X? That makes me a racist because I am violating someone's poetic truth. <laughs> That's a good one. I am totally stealing that from Shelby Steele. And Shelby, thank you, sir. I will make sure to give you credit every time I use it. Members will also take part in a discussion series surrounding race, ethnicity, and politics, media, health, etc. Just what everyone wants when they go back to the dorm after a full day out protesting, rioting, looting, burning, having a grand gale time, going and seeing your college professors who are also talking about how Whitey sucks, you get to go back to your dorm room and instead of getting an oasis of calm and peace and quiet, no, you get to talk about how Whitey sucks even more. So you get it in all your waking hours. Whether you're in your pajamas sitting around the dorm or you're in your regular clothes sitting in the classroom or just walking around on campus, you get to talk about race. <laughs> Lucky you. The space is meant as a recharging station for students of color. Doesn't sound like they're going to recharge if all they're doing is talking about race, getting them all worked up. SUNY Director of Multicultural Programs and Services, Sasha Eloi Evans said. And yes, folks, Eloi Evans is hyphenated. And what do we say about hyphenated last names on a college campus here on the Miller Frost Show? Nutty as a Mad Hatter. The hope is that the students will live together, form a community, and because of those connections, be more engaged and invested in the institution. I guess that means they don't want them protesting against the institution. <laughs> At some point, they're buying some goodwill or thinking they're going to. They then feel more confident in participating in other aspects of campus life and leadership roles. They aren't just on campus. They're in campus. And White Boy Malcolm X, let me ask you a quick question before we carry on with this garbage. Do you think, White Boy Malcolm X, do you think that these BIPOC folks, after a full day of talking about race, and then they go into their safe space in their college dorm at Yamoja House or whatever they want to call it, do you think, White Boy Malcolm X, because they are basically going to be living in a woke cocoon, right? They are going to be in there all the time, and they can talk about race, and they can bash Whitey all day long, and they'll do it. No white people around, right? Even the liberal whites, I'm sure they get exhausted by them too, right? Probably like, oh, for Christmas sake, here comes another hysterical white millennial Gen Z chick. Here comes that flood of white women's tears, God. Here they go again. It's all about them and their need to help us lowly BIPOC folk who can't help themselves, right? Here they come trying to champion our cause before they go back to their lily white suburb, right? So they're in this safe space just talking to the other BIPOC folk, right? And that is a very safe cocoon, folks, right? Do you think, White Boy Malcolm X, after being cocooned like they are, morning, noon, and night, do you think they are going to go into a situation, 
even if it is a college campus and 98% of the folks there are either woke or they pretend to be, right? So they don't get in trouble. They don't get assigned a seat on the train to the re-education camps, right? So 98% of the campus is pretending to be woke or actually woke. Do you think, Wipe Mechamex, that they are going to leave that safe space and risk running into the maybe 1-2% of the college population where they're at, at SUNY Genesco, that may disagree with their outlook, right? That might say, no, I don't think all white people are inherently racist, right? That would trigger the crap out of these people, especially if they're living in the cocoon, right? So do you think they are going to venture out of that cocoon at all if that risks them shattering their worldview? Hell no, okay. I didn't think so either. I just wanted to, I thought maybe I'm being a little, you know, overly stereotypical about the woke folk and their need to not be around anything that triggers them. But okay, that is the case. SUNY Genesco Associate Director of Residence Life for Educational Initiatives. Now that, folks, that is a fancy title. Megan Reitz reasoned that part of the goal in supporting BIPOC students is giving them a place where they don't feel like they have to put on a different face. Well, okay then. (laughs) I don't know what to say about that, right? They're going to I would like to think that they are going to be in for a world of hurt when reality brushes up against their cocoon on their college campus, but not this day and age, folks. We are in the middle of a woke crusade, right? So now they can leave their college campus and be safe from opposing viewpoints. From the Washington Examiner, the mayor of Charlottesville despises her own city. The mayor of Charlottesville, Virginia, really, really hates Charlottesville, Virginia. Good luck trying to figure that one out. Mayor Nikuya Walker turned heads Wednesday after she posted a brief poem to social media condemning her own city as a hotbed of racism and bigotry. Charlottesville, the beautiful ugly it is, she writes, it rapes you, comforts you in its soiled sheet, and tells you to keep its secrets. Good Lord, if you're having a rough day at the office, go to a local bar and blow off some steam like everyone else. There's no need to go on a public, wide-eyed rant about the place that employs you, comparing it to a rapist. There's certainly no good reason to do it on social media. Yeah, there is. (laughs) I respectfully disagree with you folks over at the Washington Examiner, but yes, there is absolutely a perfectly good reason to do it there because she will not get in trouble for calling anyone any name on... uh, On Twitter, she will uh, probably get a double blue check mark. Amazingly, this is not all. Walker, who became Charlottesville's first black mayor in 2017, posted a lengthier, more fleshed-out version of her poem later Wednesday afternoon, committing fully to the rapist imagery. And do you folks want to hear this poem? White Boy Malcolm X, do you want to hear this poem? Of course you do. I know you did. So here, folks, here is the poem from the Charlottesville mayor, Nikuya Walker. Charlottesville, the beautiful ugly it is. It lynched you, hung the noose at City Hall, and pressed the souvenir that was once your finger against its lips. It covers your death with its good intentions. It is a place where white women with black kids collect signatures for a white man who questions whether a black woman understands white supremacy. It is destructively world-class. White people say it is a place where gentrification started with the election of a black woman in 2017, and because of white power, a lie becomes facts. Its daily practice is that of separating you from your soul. Charlottesville is void of a moral compass. 
It's as if good old TJ, and I'm assuming, folks, that TJ is Thomas Jefferson, is still cleverly using his whip to whip the current inhabitants into submissiveness. Charlottesville rapes you of your breasts. It suffocates your hopes and dreams. It liberates you by conveniently redefining liberation. It progressively chants while it conservatively acts. Charlottesville is anchored in white supremacy and rooted in racism. Charlottesville rapes you and covers you in sullied sheets. Well, <laughs> don't know what to say about that. That is a lovely poem, Nakuya uh, there. <laughs> Miss Mayor Walker there, goodness. And yes, folks, she has been mayor of that city for four years. And the place still sucked. <laughs> kind of like Mayor de Blasio, that woke clown up in New York. This this woke clown here, she has been mayor for four years, and the place is a racist dump of a cesspool of a town. <laughs> so bless her heart for uh, for uh, having to run that city. I'm sure it is a burden on her soul <laughs> to have to deal with such racism and such horribleness under her watch. I tell you what, though, folks, I think I think she is calling out white liberals, and I think she is calling them frauds, Right. White people say that it is a place where gentrification started with the election of a black woman, and because of white power, a lie becomes facts. It progressively chants while it conservatively acts. She's basically calling you white liberals a bunch of frauds and racists, right? You folks, you thought because you're a good white liberal and you love to trash other white people, you're out there proudly going around the BIPOC folk going, Man, I, I can't believe those other white folks. They're just horrible racists and bigots. They're just, they suck. I just, I, I'm so embarrassed to be white these days. I wish I was a different color because I just, I look at white people and I just cringe. I look in the mirror and I, I yell, I hate you, you racist pig. I'm, and they try to be woke and they try to be down for the struggle. They try to be good white folks, right? Showing how, how horrible they are. But yet, Nakuya there, right? And she is, folks, she is in power only because of white liberal guilt, right? That city, I think, is 60 or 70% white, horrible white people all around there. But they voted to put her into office four years ago. <laughs> they voted to put her in power. And what does she do? She spits in their face, right? <laughs> you are a bunch of racist pigs. That's what she does to repay all those good white liberals. <laughs> So, folks, if you think you can get out of it by throwing the rest of us under the bus, you are wrong. <laughs> you are wrong, and one of these days, you will learn that lesson the hard way. Like those folks up in New York, because now that the police do not have that uh, immunity and they all quit, <laughs> you think crime is up in New York now? Man, you just wait for it. <laughs> Cry havoc and let slip the dogs of war. Folks, the circus is back, and there are more woke clowns for you and me to laugh at. From the post-millennial, Boston doctors call for racially discriminating against patients in order to promote social justice. And what do I tell you folks whenever you see the word justice? Somebody's about to get screwed. Two doctors in Boston, of course, have called for the allocation of medical resources to be done on the basis of race. Writing in the Boston Review, they call for the implementation of standards that would show racial preference to patients. This would be in addition to federal reparations. In other words, folks, they want to bump Whitey out of line. Dr. Bram Whispelwee and Dr. Michelle Morse. And White Boy Malcolm X, look at this picture of Dr. Bram Whispelwee. Look at this. Thank you, gay face. <laughs> exactly. If Dr. Bram Whistlewee is anywhere near straight, I will eat this article. 
both of whom teach at, of course, Harvard Medical School, so a couple of douchebags, wrote their mission was to comprehensively confront structural racism. I thought their mission would be to heal patients, but no, it is to confront structural racism. To go about this, they plan to enlist the tools of critical race theory. They slam what they call colorblind policies, or the concept of equality for individuals of all races and ethnicities under the law, saying that it is not achieving their desired ends with enough speed. For their part, and to create anti-racist institutional change and screw whitey all at the same time, which they say is essential to supplement federal reparations, they have created a pilot program that will undertake institutional action. The basis for this institutional action is the concept of applicative justice. Uh Uh-oh, folks, let's find out what that is. Applying justice to those who don't now receive it. This, they say, is as opposed to more idealistic conceptions of justice. That pilot program adopts a reparations framework of acknowledgement, redress, and closure, or as they call it, a healing arc, with initiatives for all three components. Each centers black and Latinx. Uh-oh, white boy Malcolm X. A snooty white liberal. You know that Dr. Bram Withbowie is a snooty white liberal, and I bet you folks, I bet you that was his word, because I'm sure Dr. Michelle Morse was reading all this and going, Latinx, what the hell? Oh, that's right. Brand, I forgot. You are a snooty white liberal. That's right. We can keep Latinx in there. It's like, yes, I just, I like the word Latinx. It just rolls right off the tongue. And I just, it's such a better word. I just want to be a a woke white person. And I know that woke white people love the word Latinx. And I'm a woke white person. So I love the word Latinx. I just put it everywhere. I write Latinx everywhere I can. Okay. Anyway, picking back up on that, each centers black and Latinx patients and community members those most impacted by unjust heart failure management and under whose direction appropriate restitution can begin to take shape. Okay, I'm over this. Sorry, folks, I am going to curse if I have to keep reading this. I am tired of these woke clowns. White Boy Malcolm X, I do have one question for you before I can this story. What do you think, White Boy Malcolm X? Let's, heaven forbid, folks, heaven forbid, I am not wishing any ill will on anyone, even that snooty white liberal Dr. Bram Withbowie, but what do you think, White Boy Malcolm X? Let's say, heaven forbid, something happens to Dr. Bram Wistfully, right? He is diagnosed with, I don't know, a brain tumor, stage two cancer, something serious, but that is treatable if you get it to it in time. What do you think? What is the bet that Dr. Bram Wistfully, right, that uh, that snooty white liberal from Harvard Medical School, Dr. Bram is going to be like, you know what? I just, I know I've got this brain tumor and I know we can treat it, but... I would just feel so guilty if I were to take the radiation treatments and have a BIPOC person forgo their treatment. So I am just going to live with this brain tumor until it takes me. What do you think, White Boy Malcolm X? And you folks out there, what's the bet that Dr. Bram Withbowie is going to get his ass to the front of any line for cancer treatments or tumor treatments, what have you, to get that brain tumor, get that whatever cancer out of him as quickly as possible? He doesn't give a crap who he has to step on to do it. I guarantee you folks that Bram Whistleblower is not going to give up his place in line for any treatment under any circumstances to anyone, BIPOC or not. And that, folks, that is how I know they are a bunch of fake social justice warriors and a bunch of woke clowns. This is from Campus Reform, and how is this headline? New course will teach UNH students about racism in science. And yes, folks, UNH is the University of New Hampshire. Declaring that science is not necessarily culturally neutral, 
academics at the University of New Hampshire. And folks, if you need a description of the state of New Hampshire, it is the Alabama of the Northeast. Our offer, and that's crap, hold on. To all you folks in Alabama, I'm sorry, that was a cheap shot. <laughs> Even for me, and I make fun of people from Alabama and Florida and all over the country, Louisiana, Colorado, you name it. I'm sorry, that, I'm just, I apologize, that was rude of me to compare New Hampshire and Alabama. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. I'm sorry. 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 Anyway, let's pick that back up. At the University of New Hampshire are offering a new course about anti-racism in STEM. Natural Resources Professor Sarita Frey and graduate student Emily Whalen. And White Boy Malcolm X, quick question for you. Racial demographics of Sarita and Emily. Close, but you are wrong, sir. (laughs) You are wrong, you are wrong, you are wrong. No, Sarita and Emily are both white women. Now, I know it's, (laughs) figured, okay, it's 50-50, right? All black, all white, mixed, right? Okay, third, 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 right? Two white women, white by Malcolm X. Two white women, yet again, trashing other white people. But let's pick that back up again. Natural Resources Professor Sarita Frey and graduate student Emily Whalen are teaching anti-racism in science, promoting an inclusive and equitable STEM community in the spring of 2021 semester. And I wonder, folks, I wonder if Ibram X. Kendi's books are going to be reading in a science class. I can see that easily because they are talking about anti-racism. And I wonder also if Ibram is there going, hmm, I got two white chicks culturally appropriating my shtick. That is just rude. Rude of you, Sarita and Emily. Ibram needs the money. Not really, but Ibram probably thinks he does anyway. The course, a graduate hot topic seminar, will detail the history of racism in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. According to the university's course database, the class will be open to 100 students. Racism in science is like racism in all other aspects of our society. As we, Yes, of course, talk to death. As we say in the course syllabus, science is often viewed as culturally neutral and scientific information is often presented as objective and unbiased, explained Frey in an interview with UNH Today. However, science, like every other human endeavor, is subject to the biases of its practitioners. Frey, who chairs the College of Life Science and Agriculture's Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Committee, So, folks, a white chick is running that committee, added that all of us in the U.S. were raised with a 400-year history of racism, and thus we all hold biases, implicit or otherwise. Actually, I have to correct you, ma'am. Just white people. (laughs) Only white people hold biases, implicit or otherwise. Everyone else, they are in the clear. As a result, it is difficult for black, indigenous people and people of color to enter and fully participate in STEM disciplines. As white people, we need to study and understand the history of white people in the U.S. and globally in constructing whiteness and in constructing the political system of race, Whalen said. We need to continually engage in a process of unlearning and learning what our BIPOC activists and experts saying needs to be done. Yes, you got to listen to them at all times, 100%, or you are a racist. Well, you're probably a racist anyway, but do it anyway. National Association of Scholars Director of Research David Randell noticed that the program is a graduate seminar, probably intended mostly for people planning on becoming academics themselves. <laughs> yes, of course, because uh, who else would want to listen to that pablum? Another professor in waiting. <laughs> so you are getting extra brainwashed if you want to teach on a college campus. They're going to make sure that you are getting the woke 
wherever you go. What to say about this? Hmm. Well, I'll tell you what, White Boy Malcolm X. I am starting to feel bad for the BIPOC. <laughs> I am, yes. <laughs> and if you folks are out there going, Miller, Miller, you should feel bad for the BIPOC folk. They have to deal with white power and white supremacy and white privilege and systemic racism. And yeah, 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 yeah. I know, I know, I know, folks. You, you white liberals, sh- shut up, sit down, be quiet. I don't want to hear it anymore. I hear it enough for you. But yes, I actually do feel bad for the BIPOC folks. And you know why? Because whitey is taking all the fun out of picking on whitey, right? I mean, that is why the black community has taken over the N-word, right? It took away the power of the N-word, right? So if you've got white people running around trashing other white people, the BIPOC folks going, damn, I want to pick on Whitey today, but Whitey is already picking on themselves. They're just taking all the fun out of this. Those bastards, (laughs) that white privilege, they're taking away my fun to pick on Whitey. Yes, that's why I feel bad for them because it's like the N-word, right? Black people use the N-word all the time. So, you know, it's like, ah, whatever. It's like, it's like the word fag, right? It's like, ah, I don't care. You can call me a fag all day long. You think I'm going to get butthurt about that? No. So all the straight people out there are like, man, I want to call that Miller Frost a fag, right? I'm going to be like, ah, I don't care. I've heard that a thousand times before. I am not going to cry in my Cheerios over that. So you got white people now trashing other white people. You got these two dumb white chicks throwing other white people under the bus. And so the BIPOC folk is like, ah, well, I guess I could pick on whitey, but nah, I'll let them do it today. I'll get them another day. And another thing, folks, while I am on this roll, another thing, I don't know what these two white women are doing complaining about systemic racism, right? We all know, and how many articles, folks, have I read on this podcast about how white women are the backbone of racism, right? They're the ones propping it up, right? We had that millennial white woman trashing other white women throughout history. White women had a seat at the table about slavery and about everything else. And it was white women who were pushing their man to be racist, right? So it's white women's fault about all this stuff. And here you got two white women complaining about other white people being racist. I mean, why, folks, why is anyone listening to these two stupid, dopey white women complaining about whitey, right? It's like the town drunk complaining about all the alcoholics in town. You two, bless your hearts. Folks, that's the only thing I can say at this part. Sarita and Emily, bless your hearts. You will learn, though. You two will definitely learn at some point that, uh, yeah, all your white groveling is not going to get you out of an attack by the woke folk. They will get you along with the rest of us. And you white liberals out there, oh, I hate white people. White people just suck. I wish you were a different color. Guess what? You are joining us on the re-education camp trains. (laughs) You're going to get yours, too. And if you folks think you've had enough of Nutty on a college campus, folks, we have one more story. And then we are done with Nutty on a college campus. I mean, we got more Nutty, don't get me wrong, but this is the last one on a college campus. And this one is from the College Fix. Hamilton College student leaders work to defund the police, claim white supremacists are on campus. So folks, on Hamilton College campus, we have white supremacists lurking about, hiding in the shadows. Apparently, I don't know. Let's find out more. And if you folks are like, Hamilton College, what kind of dumb school is that? Folks, I actually had to look that up because I'm like, I have never even heard of Hamilton College. And they got woke folk over there. Folks, Hamilton College is in Clinton, New York. And no, it was not named after Chelsea Clinton or her dopey parents. Clinton, New York is between Syracuse. It is east of Syracuse and it is west of Albany. So in other words, folks, it is in the ass end of New York. This stupid school with their stupid woke students. But let's find out more about this kind of nutty. Following the verdict in the Derek Chauvin trial, 
students and faculty at Hamilton College received an email denoting some of them as <gasps> white supremacists, hiding about, lurking in the shadows, and calling for the admissions office to better block such students from enrolling in the future. The email came from leadership at the school's student assembly and was signed by President Sapphire Ruiz, as well as fall Vice President Eric Stengel and spring Vice President Christian Hernandez Berrigan. So folks, President Sapphire Ruiz, she's kind of like Nancy Pelosi, right? Because Sapphire Ruiz has Eric Stenzel and Christian Hernandez Berrigan, right? And Nancy Pelosi, she has Steny Hoyer and James Clyburn. So in other words, folks, Nancy and Sapphire both have a couple of eunuchs following her around. (laughs) Bless your hearts. In their email, the campus leaders reacted to the verdict and explained that members of the Hamilton community had much more work to do in creating an inclusive environment. And folks, if they have an Arabic studies department that does not recognize non-binary pronouns, they have a hell of a lot more work to do. But I'm just saying, I don't know what's going on over there at Hamilton College, but I suspect, folks, I suspect there is rot under every rock you lift up. We believe in a better world where community safety means community, rehabilitation, and restorative justice. And what do we say about justice on a college campus on this podcast, folks? Somebody's about to get screwed. And we will fight for it, the email reads in part. Assembly members were also very adamant in encouraging a push to defund the police in their email. I wonder how much crime is actually in Clinton, New York. I bet you could defund the police over there. And no one would know the difference, right? They probably have like one breaking and entering a year. They probably got a couple of DUIs a year. But if the cops vanish, they'd be like, hmm, nothing has changed. It's nice to live in a lily white neighborhood without any crime, huh, folks? Racist, not racialized American policing should be the one on trial. And it's guilty. Derek Chauvin was a sacrificial lamb for police across the country to avoid any measure of reform or systemic change, they wrote. Even now, Democratic and Republican officials alike admit that this verdict reduces the pressure on them to take action. We can't let up. We need to defund the police. Finally, the email called some members of Hamilton white supremacists, hiding about, lurking in the shadows, but did not name any specific groups. Well, let's face it, folks, they can't ever find any white supremacists. Hell, they have White Lives Matter rallies, and guess what? Nobody shows up to them, right? These supposed white supremacists, they are the best, as I've said before, they are the best bogeyman ever. And why? Because you never have to produce any to sell the narrative, right? It is a great poetic truth that there are all these white supremacists lurking about, hiding in the shadows. You never have to produce any so they can run around these three dolts, Sapphire and Eric and Christian, right? They can run around and go, we're surrounded by white supremacists. And nobody's around. They don't have to worry about it, right? Who is going to call these three clowns to account for running around with this stupid narrative? Nobody, right? It's a college campus, right? They are going to be like, oh yeah, there are white supremacists everywhere. They're in every corner, hiding about, lurking in the shadows. Oh, we've got to do something. Bunch of drama queens. The email also suggests that the Office of Admissions at the school should implement rigorous measures which would screen for white supremacy in its applicants. Little box to check. Are you a white supremacist? Yes, no. Doesn't matter, folks. If they are white and they say no, boom, you got yourself a white supremacist. We need to prevent these types of people from entering our community 
and in doing so protect the growing population of black and brown students at Hamilton. And folks, those are capital B black students, so you know they're real black. That is why for the rest of our time in office, we will make it a priority to have conversations with the Office of Admissions to ensure rigorous procedures are put in place to ensure as few white supremacists as possible slip through the cracks in making it on campus, the email states. Well, bless their hearts. I mean, over at the Office of Admissions, bless their hearts three times over. Can you imagine being over at the Office of Admissions at Hamilton College in the ass end of New York, and you've got Sapphire Ruiz showing up at your door? Hi, I am President Sapphire Ruiz. And they'll be like, oh, crap. Oh, welcome back. This is your third visit this week. Yes, I know. But I have got to talk to you. I want to ensure that we have rigorous procedures put in place here in this admissions office because we need to keep out the white supremacists. And we need to make sure that you're going to do that. Well, where are your eunuchs? Oh, they're in class. They'll be by later. But we need to ensure that we have rigorous procedures in place to keep out those white supremacists. Okay, Sapphire. You may call me Madam President. I am president of the student body. I am President Sapphire Ruiz. Okay, Sapphire, what would you like us to do? Well, we need to have rigorous procedures in place to keep out the white supremacists. Yes, we know. You said that three times this week, four times last week, six times the week before. What can we do? We need to put in place rigorous procedures. Any suggestions would be helpful. Rigorous procedures. There, I told you everything I need to tell you. And she storms off, right, folks? <laughs> because that's about what they can do, right? But for you folks over at Hamilton College, you folks over at the Office of Admissions, you folks beleaguered by Sapphire Ruiz and her two eunuchs, Eric Stenzel and Christian Hernandez Berrigan, following her around. Those neutered males following her around going, yeah, we need to have rigorous procedures in place to keep out white supremacists. And you're probably sitting there going, crap, how the hell am I going to put in rigorous procedures that's going to shut these three clowns up? I have, folks, I have for you in the admissions office at Hamilton College, I have a solution. I would institute the My Little Pony test. Yes, White Boy Malcolm X, the My Little Pony test. And for you folks that are regular listeners to the podcast, you already know what I am talking about. And you folks that are new to the podcast, we had a story, I might as well just do a quick recap. We had a story about how folks in the My Little Pony community, and don't ask, I don't know anything about it, but apparently there is a My Little Pony community. I have no doubt a bunch of woke virgin boys living in their parents' basement playing video games, eyeing up the sex dolls, doing all sorts of weird stuff down in there in the basement, right? But in the My Little Pony community, they have neo-Nazis, right? And white supremacists hiding about, lurking in the shadows, right? So the My Little Pony community has a bunch of Nazis who masturbate to Adolf Hitler and My Little Pony. So it's like a Rorschach test, right? You have pictures of My Little Pony characters, whatever the hell their names are, and you show them to applicants of Hamilton College, right? So you have this dopey, pimply, sweaty, stinky, whatever, and all the teachers going, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I gotta have the teacher me. Right? Settle down, ladies. What did I tell you? Never get a boy to do a man's job. What did I tell you on the last podcast? More Sebastian Stan, less little Timmy with two chesters. Anyway, sorry. So you folks in the admissions office, you've got this 18-year-old pimply teenage boy sitting there in your admissions office, right? And you pull out your My Little Pony cards, right? And when you have them in your office, right, you're like, Oh, Timmy, please sit down. Let's have a talk about your application to join us here at Hamilton College. We're very, very, very excited to have you here. While you have them in your office, you just happen to have some My Little Pony cards out on your desk. And if he happens to say something, that's like, hmm, he noticed the My Little Pony cards. 
that could be a sign of a white supremacist. Let me find out. So if he says something about your cards, you can be like, oh, yes, those are my daughter's cards. Would you like to see them? And if he says, yes, thank you, I would love to see them. If he picks them up, that could be another sign. That <gasps> white boy Malcolm X, this is a job, folks. This is a job for queens with clipboards. <laughs> what we need to do for you folks in the admissions office at Hamilton College, we need to send over a queen with a clipboard. Oh, my God, this literally just came to me, white boy Malcolm X. Can you see that, folks? Hi there. Hi, I am here representing the Office of Admissions in Hamilton College. Please have a seat. I have some boxes to check. So we just want to kind of make sure that your application is up to snuff. So I have my clipboard and I have my pen and I have some boxes to check. So, oh, look here. I have some My Little Pony cards here. Somebody left them here on this desk. Oh, well, I guess we'll just keep them there. What do you think of those? Oh, you want to look at them? Sure. Check that box off. What do you think of those? Do you know who those characters are? You do? You know? Who is that one? I don't know. I don't know anything about My Little Pony. I'm so clueless. Oh, who's that one? That's Applejack? Oh, check that box off. Do you know of any other ones? That's Pinkie Pie? Oh, I didn't know that's Pinkie Pie. My, check that box off. Who's that one? That is a pretty rainbow. Oh, that is a fabulous rainbow. Who is that? That's Rainbow Dash? Oh, check that box off. Well, you know, now that I think about it, I think that we are in the wrong room. I think someone else is supposed to be in this room, and that is why those My Little Pony cards that you are so interested in for some reason, some odd reason that you are just studying those things like the Bible itself, I think that someone else is supposed to be in this room. So why don't we stand up and go into the next room, and then we can continue our discussion there. Does that sound good to you? Okay, that sounds good. Oh, son, you seem to be aroused. Is it the My Little Ponies that are getting you aroused? Now, don't be embarrassed. Don't be. There's nothing wrong with a young man with a heart on. I mean, if there were a high school teacher here, they would be like, no, 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 Right, but there are no high school teachers here. It's just me and you and my clipboard and my pen. But you seem to be very aroused. Is it the My Little Pony? Because trust me, Rainbow Dash, that is a fabulous, fabulous, fabulous rainbow there. That could obviously make any man hard, right? So... Well, okay, we won't talk about it anymore, but I am going to definitely check that white supremacist box off. Check, 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 check. Okay, let's go to the next room. I got one. I got one. I got one. Code Adolf. Code Adolf. Code Adolf. We got us the white supremacist. So you folks over at the Office of Admissions over there at Hamilton College, I would just to keep President Sapphire Ruiz and her two eunuchs, Eric and Christian, happy. I would get a queen with a clipboard and a couple of My Little Pony cards, and I would institute that test immediately because, let's face it, folks, there is no more rigorous a procedure than if a white supremacist gets a hard-on for My Little Pony. So there you go. I have the problem solved. I am so glad, White Boy Malcolm X, I am so glad that queens with clipboards were not on vacation this week. They were here, they were around, and we could dispatch them up to that whatever college in the middle of nowhere <laughs> to solve that problem for the uh, woke folk up there and find those white supremacists. From Campus Reform, a little bit more race for you folks. Theology professor, dear God, please help me hate white people. <laughs> Honey, I don't think God needs to give you any help to hate white people. 
A seminary professor wrote a prayer in which she asked God to help her hate white people. Shaniqua Walker-Barnes. And yes, folks, Walker-Barnes is hyphenated. And what do we say about people with hyphenated last names, especially on a college campus? They are angry leftist nutjobs. Anyway, Shaniqua Walker-Barnes is an associate professor of practical theology at Mercer University in Macon, Georgia, which claims a Baptist identity. Her oration was published in A Rhythm of Prayer, a collection of meditations for renewal. Dear God, please help me hate white people, opens the prayer, or at least want to hate them. At least I want to stop caring about them individually and collectively. I want to stop caring about their misguided, racist souls, to stop believing that they can be better, that they can stop being racist, she continues. And I know you good white liberals out there going, Oh, yes, we suck. We hate white people. We hate ourselves for being white. Yes, talk dirty to us, Shaniqua. Tell us how horrible we are. We know we suck. We know we're horrible. We know we're racist. Walker Barnes says that she has no interest in hating strident segregationists who mow down nonviolent anti-racist protesters who open fire on black churchgoers or who plot acts of racism terrorism hoping to start a race war, as such people are already in hell. Instead, she desires the strength of God to hate the nice ones, specifically the Fox News-loving, Trump-supporting voters who don't see color, but who make thinly-veiled racist comments about those people. She adds that such white people welcome black people into their churches and small groups, but brand us as heretics if we suggest that Christianity is concerned with the poor and the oppressed and politely tell us that we can leave when we call out the racial microaggressions we experience in their ministries. And folks, if you need an example of a racial microaggression, racial microaggression, hmm, let me think about that. Uh, Well, I would just say good morning, right? Because to a BIPOC folk, to a woke folk with a chip on their shoulder, good morning is very triggering because let's face it, folks, in their community, in their eyes, No capital B black person or any other person of color would have a good morning living in a tyranny of white supremacy and white power and white privilege and structural racism, right? So when you say good morning, they just think you're being flippant and sarcastic and showing them a microaggression. They get a little butthurt when you wish them good morning. Walker Barnes admits that I don't have many relationships with people like that, meaning that they are not good use of hatred either. So she asked the Lord for the permission and desire to hate the white people who claim the progressive label, but who are really wolves in sheep's clothing. And that white boy Malcolm X, that reminds me of that black chick, that mayor of Charlottesville, Virginia. She said basically the same thing, calling all those white liberals frauds out there. (laughs) So this one, Shaniqua Walker Barnes, she also wants sweet baby Jesus to help her hate the frauds, the good dopey white liberals who she thinks are just a bunch of fakes. Lord, if you can't make me hate them, at least spare me from the perennial gaslighting, white mansplaining, and white women tears, she prays. <laughs> I told you white women out there, especially you liberal white women, you are not going to escape the woke folk. Lord, if it can be your will, harden my heart. Stop me from striving to see the best in people. Stop me from being hopeful that white people can do and be better. Let me imagine them instead as white hooded robes standing in front of burning crosses. And that, folks, is what you call a flat-out racist. Shaniqua Walker-Barnes, the Associate Professor of Practical Theology at Mercer University in Macon, Georgia, is a racist. (laughs) I know she likes to complain about whitey, but man, I tell you what, if a white person said anywhere near 
half of this, they would be done, done, done. And they complain about white rage. I tell you what, the BIPOC rage coming out of folks like Shaniqua Walker Barnes. We got nothing, white boy Malcolm X, we got no rage <laughs> compared to this chick and her hatred, her vile hatred of white people and all that is white. And you dopey white liberals out there, oh, I, I hate whitey too. I am down for the struggle. I mean, screw my children out of their place in society. Give it to the BIPOC folk. We don't care. We just want to be woke folk ourselves. You are not going to escape this. You are you are as guilty as the rest of us for being just flat out racist and the owners of systemic racism and white power and white fragility, white whatever, white, 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 whatever they want to throw in front of that. But yeah, this, folks, is what you get with generations of indoctrination. And I can look back, I'm 51 years old, and I can look back to the uh, the 80s. Remember the original race hustlers? And I'm sure it was going on before then, but you got the Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton's of the day, and they were making huge bank off of it, like Patrice Coolers and the rest of them in this generation. But they're making huge money talking about how evil Whitey is and how you got to hate Whitey and how Whitey is a racist and society is racist and everything is horrible. Racist, 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 right? White people suck as, as a platform for going about life. And that, this is what you get from that. This hatred, hatred of whitey and then gaslighting. You want to talk about gaslighting? Running around complaining about white rage when all you BIPOC folks, you liberal leftist BIPOC folks, all you do is go around bashing whitey all day long and complaining about all this stuff that whitey is guilty of biggest pack of frauds and how many of you are making millions of dollars spewing out this racial nonsense and angering and ruining another generation of race relations in this country and if you want an example of where this is going to look at the palestinian israeli conflict and you're like miller what the hell are you dragging the israelis and the palestinians into this for folks the palestinians for decades and decades and decades have been brainwashing their children from a very young age about how evil the Jews are, right? They trash talk Israelis and that is part of their school programs and that is what critical race theory is, folks. But that is what they do from a very young age, starting when these kids are like first in school, they start brainwashing them about how evil the Israelis are. And that is why, folks, at 12 years old, you have these child suicide bombers willing and ready to blow themselves up to kill Jews. Why? Because they have been brainwashed from a very, very young age that the Israelis are evil and need to be destroyed. And that is what you have here, is you have generations of BIPOC folk being taught about whitey, and every white person out there is guilty of systemic racism and propping up a white culture. And every time a white person does anything, it is just symbolic of a greater problem out there. So when you have a Dylan Roof shooting up a church in Charleston, South Carolina, it is not just Dylan Roof doing it. It is all of white power behind him doing it. And every white person is guilty of that act. So Shaniqua Walker Barnes, another one out there, another racial huckster out there spewing forth more hate to ruin our culture and ruin race relations. I hope, Shaniqua, I hope this makes you happy. I hope you sleep better at night knowing that you are spewing forth toxic garbage and destroying any semblance of what good race relations in this country would be like. She's probably just pissed off white boy Malcolm X. She ain't making as much money as some of the other race hustlers out there.
Don't worry, Shaniqua. You keep this up. You too can be a multimillionaire race hustler. This is from the Post Millennial. Softball team issues apology after wearing sombreros on Cinco de Mayo. Uh-oh. This sounds like cultural appropriation, folks. A Michigan softball team found themselves attacked on social media for a photo in which five of them were wearing sombreros for Cinco de Mayo. The coach and players have since apologized. Of course they have. The women's softball team of Hope College and Wipo Malcolm X, please, sir, no lesbian jokes, were out and about for Cinco de Mayo and wound up taking a group photo since they were all together informally. Five of the ten women in the photo had sombreros on at the time, According to the Daily Wire, the unfortunate ladies found themselves mobbed on social media, of course, and irate students began calling the college's administration, demanding something be done about it. The students then felt obliged to take the post down and issue the following joint apology. (laughs) I'm starting to feel bad for these girls. The original post featured a picture of softball players wearing sombreros at an informal team gathering. In her apology, Coach Mary Vanderhoof and Coach Mary, I apologize if I am butchering your name, recognized the hurt caused by turning a culture into a costume. Get this, White Boy Malcolm X. A hurt that is felt especially deep by our Latinx students, staff, and faculty. So, yes, folks, Latinx is there. And who uses the word Latinx? Snooty white people. Though I guess the softball team down there at Hope College and the softball coach are a bunch of snooty white liberals. We, too, acknowledge the pain this caused. We apologize, and we stand with our Latinx community. Coach Mary Vanderhoof also issued an apology of her own. By wearing the sombreros, we turned a culture into a costume. Yes, you already said that. And by posting the image, we demonstrated a lack of awareness. That was wrong. I have reached out to the Center for Diversity and Inclusion Leadership. (laughs) Can you see that fun sponge coming over? Hi, I'm from the Center of Diversity and Inclusion Leadership. I'm here to scream at you for an hour and call you a bunch of racists. You ready to go now? (laughs) And our athletics administration to take the next step forward, and I'm committed to developing resources for our team, I am sorry that it was at the expense of students and a culture that are often marginalized and misrepresented. White Boy Malcolm X, I do have a question for you, sir. No, I take that back. Hold on a second. I kind of have one question, but it comes in two parts. So the question, I guess, is how dumb do you think the Latino community thinks we are? And by we, I mean white people. And the reason I ask that, and that's the two-part thing, right? First part Because we use the word Latinx. (laughs) Not us, folks. Don't get me wrong. White boy Malcolm X and I only use the word Latinx to make fun of snooty white liberals. But, you know, folks, there was actually a survey. And, man, I wish I had pulled that. But there was a survey asking Latino people about the word Latinx. And the vast majority of them had never heard of it or don't use it, right? The only people that use the word Latinx are snooty white liberals who want to act all woke, right? Oh, I love the Latinx community. It's so wonderful. Right? Those type of people, they love the word Latinx. Latinos, Latinas, if you want to get gender specific. And yes, folks, I know there are eight genders. But in this case, we're just going to go with Latino and Latina. I do not know the Spanish equivalent of Zizirza. So we're just going to go with Latino or Latina. So that's the first part, White Boom Do you think they're laughing at us because we use the word Latinx? Answer, 
do you think they're laughing at us? Not only because we use the word Latinx, but because you've got another batch of white liberals, dopey white liberals, self-flagellating again <laughs> about how unwoke they are. We're horrible. We're such bad white people. We suck. We know we suck. We're horrible. Please, please send someone from the Center for Diversity and Inclusion over to, to whip on us, please. I can just see the Latino and Latina community going, oh, Jesus Christmas, these stupid white people with the word Latinx, and it's a damn sobrero, you idiots. <laughs> We're fine with it, trust me. Just just stop with the self-flagellating, please, just for one freaking second. Just stop. We can't take it anymore. <laughs> Dumbass white people, why the, why the hell are we here? Let's go back to Mexico or let's go to Spain. <laughs> can't take these stupid idiots anymore. Man, oh, man, oh, man. I tell you what, though, another thing, White Boy Malcolm X, I have one more thought on this, folks. That social media mob that went after those poor, mostly lesbian, I suspect, those poor women on that softball team and the coach, Mary, Coach Mary there, they were going after her as well. I guarantee you, folks, that social media mob, mark my words, were a bunch of hysterical Gen Z millennial white women. <laughs> crying those white women's tears oh boo boo they were wearing sombreros they were unwoke boo (laughs) yeah and folks these same women who are on social media trashing these poor softball players over there at hope college where there is no hope if you are unwoke those same chicks trashing them on social media calling up the administration, demanding they get spanked by the Center for Diversity and Inclusion, right? Those same women are the same stupid idiots, hysterical and screaming and drunk in a Mexican restaurant on Cinco de Mayo. They do the exact same thing. They are just frauds and hypocrites. And they're just a pack of mean girls out to screw another pack of mean girls. Oh my goodness, you... You social justice warriors, no one can be too woke, man. (laughs) Tearing them all down, tearing each other down. This, though, White Boy Malcolm X, this, and you folks out there, this is when it starts to get fun because this is when they really, um, nom, 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 nom. And no, folks, I am not talking about teacher bait, so all you high school teachers out there, calm down. This is when they start to eat their own. (laughs) So, folks, sit back, get some popcorn, and enjoy the show. It's just me again. I hope you've enjoyed these woke folk stories as much as I have putting them together for you. Or as much fun as white boy Malcolm X has had putting these together for you. But in any case, since I cannot top a bunch of crazy woke folk ranting and raving about whitey as they laugh all the way to the bank, it is time to plug pull this podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this best of the woke folk podcast. Have a great rest of your week. A great start to your weekend, and we will see you back here in a couple of days. In the meantime, take care. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.